Hello. I was wondering if I might trouble you for a cup of strong black coffee and in the process engage you with an anecdote of no small amusement. peoples and sheeples and just whoever happens to be tuning into the madness um i am just john and i'm a sheep apparently yeah i don't know we still don't have an intro for this beep beep but welcome to whatever this is because uh we don't know what it is without an intro but um i think it is uh nerdy verse i've been told yes i've heard it both ways um we are Nerd Herder, but we have a series called Nerdyverse. It's not confusing at all. And essentially, uh, this is where we talk about everything not Star Wars. Um, for the past few weeks, we have been <laughs> uh, discussing Halo on the Nerdyverse series. Um, we have uh, our Star Wars show where we talk about all things Star Wars. We've been talking about The Mandalorian and enjoying that. Um, but here we've been talking about Halo because it's something I love and... Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's that, that's kind of the point of everything we talk about. Yeah. Um, but we enjoy things. Right. So, um, but I, I wanted to approach Halo from a different perspective because I wanted to talk about all the things people probably don't know about Halo, um, particularly everything that doesn't happen in the games. We have not talked at all about the video games. Not yet. Um, you have... Like, there's so much you can talk about that's not video games when it comes to Halo, and a lot of people don't know, or some people know, but have never checked it out. Um, and so, mm, the deep dive was meant to be that, hey, here's all the stuff you're missing out. And I am in no way completely covering everything. I mean, there's still plenty of reason to read stuff uh, and whatnot. Uh, plenty of reason to still play the games, even. Um, but, uh, hopefully, those tuning in are at least enjoying the craziness that it is i mean there's a lot of very interesting lore that has a lot more to do with everything else other than just a man in green tank armor punching aliens in the face like, although that is the fun part that is the fun part but it's like this much of halo it's like tiny tiny bit um so this is also our second time doing a new episode um if you're watching on youtube or if you've checked it out on youtube you'll see we've changed things up with that so you can see us now, and that means when we have visual aids, which will be a part of this episode, um, you can see that, but we're also going to describe them just as I have normally been. Yeah. Uh, you'll just have the option of if we do a horrible job and you really just need to know what the heck we're talking about, you can check it out on YouTube. Um, if you want, if you want to be awesome, watch it on YouTube and listen to it on your favorite podcast, I Double do, Down. I do wonder, are there people out there who will be slightly upset that our lights on either side are just a touch out of they, sync they sync up um if given enough time yeah. like uh if if you if anything that's a reason to watch the entire show because by exactly. the end of it i i'm pretty sure they'll be synced um they they get closer and closer every time so uh but no uh you can assume what colors are flashing behind us uh if you're listening to this again we're not trying to win anybody to a side we're just doing our thing and however you can consume it is completely up to you uh, but yeah. yeah, although if you do not tune in, you will not know how many Jason figures I have up there. <laughs> I will say that we don't have ads on YouTube. Um, we do have ads on our podcast and every time you listen to one of those ads, that's money for us. So there's benefits to both and whatnot, but, um, 
however you choose to support the show, we support you. I mean, it is what it is. Mutual support. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, so the, the first episode uh, of this deep dive, we talked about everything no one ever thought had anything to do with Halo. And that's like the creation. Mm -hmm. And then last week we talked about, okay, what happens after a period of creation when the Halo is fired? Uh, and that's more of what we're dealing with in the modern take and everything. And so I was very interested, just to make sure you've been paying attention, uh, to oh, put you I on the promise. spot. <laughs> um, and I just thought it'd be interesting to hear from you, from everything you've been hearing and consuming and everything, uh, your take on what what is Halo lore? What is Halo history? What have we? What's what's the the main bits of what we've been talking about? Halo lore is complicated <laughs> it's yes. very complicated very. is what i've learned mm -hmm. um in the beginning was the cube was the Wait, cube was the oh no that's 2d mini was the dang it that's still bad, it is bad. <laughs> never mind i was gonna do an optimus prime but there's not a there's not a vocalizer for that one in the anyway. beginning was the cube and the cube was optimus prime prime and the cube was with optimus not prime. even a little bit but i see what you're going for <laughs> exactly because i read the bible right um so basically there were folks before the forerunners mm -hmm. that were like you know it'd be dope we're gonna make some stuff mm -hmm. and they made like some stuff yeah and then the forerunners were like that's cool stuff <laughs> what if i made that <laughs> okay basically i mean yeah yeah the forerunners were like i made this it, essentially i mean um that that's what it turned into over so many years passing by but mm -hmm. um yeah at one point they were just like yeah no we we inherited this it's you mine know, it's mine this um, is the mantle of responsibility yeah yeah um I which did it. it's not it's not a tangible thing it's it's just this um it's this sort of charged moral code of if you are better and if you are the transcended like if you've gotten to a certain point you are now responsible for everything else because you are on a different level mm -hmm. um it's actually kind of selfless in a way but it's actually the source of a lot of selfish uh actions and behaviors mm -hmm. and whatnot and then there was a dude named the didact mm -hmm. and the didact made some choices yes and he created some ais yes and then they put him in a box yes okay <laughs> why did he make those choices because he thought that the humans were stinky uh yes that that was a part of it I mean, that that was his thing initially. Mm -hmm. um, before, I didn't bring out the visual, so you might, like, that might not be prompting it. But before the flood showed up, it was all about hating humans. Yes. Uh, you can go ahead and, uh, who, like, you have to describe him for those listening, because not everybody's seeing this. Well, he's dabbing, for one thing. Yes. I, I did as much of a dab as I could, but he's like, he looks like a mix between a Skeksy and Mr. Freeze. Does, okay. Does that make sense? I mean, to you, if it makes sense to you, it makes sense. He had some dope armor. Mm -hmm. Oh no, now he's Sig Highland. Can't do that. <laughs> and so, for point of reference, um, like he's not just a. He's a big boy. He, yeah, he like foreigners are very big. 
I don't know what it is because um, Prometheus, uh, Ridley Scott does the same with his stuff. The engineers are tall. They're like seven foot tall. They're like physically like at their peak and everything. Like it's this idea of Adonisness. Well, there's an idea that human beings used to be a lot taller. Mm -hmm. Like Adam and Eve were supposedly like seven feet tall mm -hmm. in some conspiracy theories. But like, I don't remember the exact Humans reason. Humans are getting shorter. <laughs> we're we're both examples of that. I'm five foot three. That is all I will say. No outlaw terrifies me. So, um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, didact was put into a box. Mm -hmm. He's put in timeout because he couldn't he, he couldn't handle the pressure. Uh, but his AI was still out there. Um, an imprint of him on a uh, on another forerunner. So um, I didn't really get into it much in the thing but essentially only when forerunners reach a certain point of maturity because and by maturity i basically mean they force evolution so forerunners advanced so much because they basically jump-started evolution at different points in their existence so whereas we're like oh it's puberty you know where you it that's not really evolution that's really just you growing um basically they shock you into ev evolving um and so <laughs> yeah um, so once you've evolved and, and matured to a certain point, you can access the domain. That was not something that everyone could do. Remember that part. Um, and the only reason certain evolved foreigners could do it was because precursors could do it, who were very, 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 very evolved. That's the one I was looking for. So basically what he did was in order for this other uh, foreigner kid that he'd met to be able to access the domain, he forced maturity on him. Uh, forced evolution on him and in the process also imparted a part of his consciousness um, We call that the elder sibling complex Right, so imagine if every time you put a USB in a computer and um, Accessed it uh, You're not accessing what was put in the USB. You're accessing what the USB remembers That's kind of like what accessing the domain is and that's why it contains literally all knowledge because everything you every time you plug into it it's it's not that you're necessarily adding your knowledge it's that everything you know the domain remembers so it's like walk into a room okay. everything that is you consciously is there it's a lot and then you leave the room but everything of you consciously is still in the room and then you that's walk the in domain. the room and you're like what is with all these cat videos <laughs> that's the domain and so um that you know that's called an imprint um and so essentially what the didact did was did an imprint on him that basically passed his consciousness to him so he was still himself so it was like it's like i'm still john but i have another consciousness in me mm -hmm. everything the didact knows i know everything he remembers i remember like yeah it's it's like and that's what's so big about the foreigner books the foreigner trilogy of books is they are big sci-fi. They are very elevated sci-fi stuff. I mean, they are very different than everything else Halo, uh, mm -hmm. for sure. So, but anyway, so it. so that's essentially how that double didact situation happened. Mm -hmm. uh, was basically kind of him just saying, "All right, I'm going to let you access the domain, but I'm also going to give a part of me to you." Um, and so when the actual didact gets put in prison. 
they basically look at him and they're the, the new kid and they're like, well, he's got the didact and the didact's pretty cool. He's just kind of crazy. So maybe this one won't be crazy. And he wasn't, thankfully. Thankfully. And then he ha he made a friend. Uh, he, yeah, he made two friends. He made two friends that he had some lovely horizon moments with. Yes. And then the friend went on the, the ship and had like some dope dialogue. <laughs> um, one of the humans he befriended um, was uh, fatally wounded yes. and was turned into an AI consensually. And his name was Millicent Bystander. No. <laughs> his name, well, the human, his name was Chakas. He was turned into a monitor. Razor, yes. Um, and the monitor was called Guilty Spark. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. I remember that because yeah. he fired the halo. Yes. Ah, he, he, right. He was the first uh, halo to activate. Um, Mendicant Bias is the first Forerunner AI. So he's the, f like, when war starts breaking out, Mendicant Biased is the one they make to basically be able to keep up with everything. So rather than have a room, a war room full of Forerunners all doing different things, they basically built an AI that could do what several Forerunners could do, was hyper-intelligent, could analyze faster than they could, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm thankful that you speak my language and you understand what I'm getting at, even when I don't. Right. So Mendicant was created, he helped until the Flood convinced him that Forerunners were bad, and then he betrayed the Forerunners, but he was eventually captured and imprisoned on the Ark, um, and I just, I, yeah. I mention it every time because I love it, he was given the task of contemplating atonement, like, I love that as a punishment, because he's an AI, he's never going to die, that means he's con constantly running through the cycles of, of uh, contemplation. Mm -hmm. It's like the story that I, that really depressing story that I made you listen to. I have no mouth and I must scream. Yes. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. I mean, you Except basically, mouth. you trap them in a logic loop, essentially, yep. um, because he'll never completely understand atonement. Although he does mm -hmm. try when we fast forward to the covenant days, uh, which I'm going to push us ahead to just for the sake of time, you know, he, he's reawoken and he actually almost puts an end to the war by telling the covenant hierarchy hey it's all fake one of these yes this so is you can use Sally the human, Hansen. you can use the human names if you remember them so like they have species names but then they have what the humans call them which is also kind of rude ask your aliens <laughs> their pronouns and such yeah actually like we always <laughs> just sort of assume right like, i mean do not do not assume space. i mean it's like, that's actually super duper rude. Why do you need to know about the the alien genitalia? Like, seriously. Well, Calm down. when I say pronouns, I, I mean more so, like, ask them what they are. Exactly. Don't be like, ew, alien, or, oh, it runs around like a gorilla, let's just call it that. Like, no, excuse me, I have thousands of years of history exactly. amongst my people. That is a hyper-intelligent being. They built Godzilla. I mean, exactly. look at Good that. Reference. Thank you. So, um... So, this... Is Kyle. It's it's a vulture with a crown on. <laughs> like, that's, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of always remember. describe them as like a very disgusting version of ET, um, because they very much look like that with a long neck and wide head and it's me. everything. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Again, long neck, 
uh, but they're the prophets. So they're the the prophets. They're the there hierarchy because they're the first ones that are basically like, hey, we should worship forerunners, and they basically rope everyone else into doing it. So Mendicant Bias tells them it's fake, and they're basically like, no, cool story, bro, and just shut them down and and move on with their efforts in destroying humanity which is efficient yes i feel like the church has done that before Ooh. honestly so as far as the covenant church um yes who else is it made up of well so you've shown us the, the you see. you've just discussed the the prophet the leaders the the ets the evil ets just picture evil et the first ones were cicadas <laughs> no not quite no the first ones were the worms uh, no. No, 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 no. The first ones were the best ones. The first yeah. ones were these ones. Yeah. This is... Keith. <laughs> I don't remember what they're called. Um, the humans call them elites. Oh, yeah. Um, their species is Sengili. Sengili. I made the Sengili joke last time. That's what they remember. Right. Um, they're like lizard people, uh, essentially, is the best way to describe them. And then? Uh, no. And then? Yeah. And then were the worms, also known as the kitty cats. <laughs> yes, the let golo. Yes. Uh, or the hunters. Honestly, could you blame me for remembering any of these? <laughs> no, that's why this is hilarious. <laughs> and also, you just gotta just, just look at that. You have to describe it for the people. It, it's it's a cat. It's a kitty cat. And a dance, dance, <laughs> dance, and a dance, dance, such a dance. disservice. Well, here's the thing. This, how, how do you describe this? I mean, it's like a walking tank like imagine if all the worms in the world gathered into a suit of armor it's made of noodles and had a gun for an arm that's what a let golo is that's pretty metal right let's attack the killer tomatoes part two <laughs> there you go night of the maranata right and then uh i believe so and then uh, was then the cicadas, cicadas. yes that I call them the cicadas because that's exactly what they are. They look exactly like cicadas. Yeah, they're basically anthropomorphic uh, bugs. And if you live in anywhere except for the southern United States, right. cicadas yeah, we ride those in Texas. are incredibly loud. Yeah. We're not in Texas. I know, but I've been to Texas enough that I've, like, that's... Yeah. I, I feel like I, ha I can reference that. We pick I... these off trees in Georgia. Like... Right. Um, yeah. The bugs in Texas are no joke. Bugs in Florida, also. Like, have you ever been bitten by a mosquito in Florida? Yes. They take you to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That'd be nice. That's a long trip. Disneyland right. instead of Disney World. And then you've got Zathura here. Um, I think the uh, the grunts come first. But oh. Either way. Well, the nipple lords. The grunts. Yes. The, which, I mean, they're just they... wee little lads that are just obsessed with nipples and do whatever you're told they are tiny rancors but again not actual are. nipples like like um tiny bottle things. nipples here let me do the the influencer thing here yeah they they there's no real good way to describe them other no. than like just very angry demonic short people they have pyramids on their backs well they uh so the interesting thing is so that's a gas tank they breathe methane so that's why they wear the mask and have the backpacks is because they carry tanks of methane with them everywhere. That's why if you hit them right in the games, they explode. That's it's amazing. Dope as heck. <laughs> that's also why they're used as suicide bombers because they basically run in with grenades and then that ignites the methane and that makes a bigger explosion. Yeah, it's crazy. So there you go. I think there's a reason I haven't played any of these games. <laughs> it's, a, it's intense. And then? And then the Velociraptors. And then, and then the Velociraptors, the Thura monsters. 
Yep. Do you remember that so movie? So the jackals. Mm -hmm. That was awesome. It's a jackal. Movie. It's a jackal. Yes, it is. Yeah. And then... Yeah, the final recruits just before the war began. It's a rhinoceros. <laughs> That's a helmet. It's a rhinoceros. It's a gorilla with a rhinoceros helmet. Yeah. Um, the recruits, the they're like the second biggest, hardest bad guy of the game. They replaced the Sangili um, yeah. in Halo 3. They replaced the Skungili. So, yeah, so the Covenant is basically just this collective of aliens who all believe in seeking forerunner stuff and technology and understanding because they believe that the yeah. forerunners transcended and if they follow the path of the forerunners they will transcend as well and so in the last episode we discussed how war began uh, essentially um, and so war with humanity um, and aliens began and it, it starts to feel a little bit more halo um, and I can promise that today will feel even more halo we, we start yeah. to get closer and closer um, to what would be familiar to people when they think of Halo and the Halo games and everything. Also, don't go off of my recap. Please watch the previous episodes because oh, yeah. I am stupid. No, it's just, it's a lot of crazy new lore and everything. You've got so much packed in there, it's hard to insert anything new. Now, um, if you remember last week we talked about, one of the significant things we talked about was the Spartan program. Oh yes, child murder. Yeah. Uh, well, not murder. Not murder. Kidnapping. Kidnapping. <laughs> Yeah, just very a lot, just a bunch of immoral things. Kidnapping, cloning, and then probably death that could have been prevented. I mean, essentially by not doing it. Because, yeah. you know, they take these kids and turn them into super soldiers because they need the war to end quickly. And the idea is if you have soldiers that can do ten times what a normal person could do, that should clean things up pretty quickly. T turns out it was a smart thing to do because while fighting other humans was not the hugest priority... Or, I mean, it was, but turns out the bigger priority was going to be the aliens that were now invading humanity. Because yeah. first contact did not go well. No, it never does. So the Spartan 2 program, uh, for reminder's sake, began in 2511. Uh, by the year 2525, there were, they were uh, augmented into super soldiers in the same year that the war with the Covenant began. So 2525. Now fast forward to 2531, and there are plans for new Spartans. In the first program, uh, if you remember, there were only 31 who survived and reportedly cost around the price of three battleships. And I'm not talking about battleships of the sea. I'm talking about battleships that fly in space and can rip through dimensions to travel faster. I like. So, like... Future space battleships. Big boys. Uh, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, like, like think Star Wars ships, like, not quite Star Destroyers, but maybe, yeah, like Corellian Corvettes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you're talking about. Which is what I was pointing at for those who are watching. So, three of those, just for the sake of 30 soldiers. Now, this was including the training and the surgery and the power armor. Uh, I didn't spend too much time, but the iconic look of the Spartans is accomplished by the Mjolnir armor. Um, it's named Mjolnir. There's a lot of... Greek uh, and Norse mythology yeah. mixed in. Um, I'm not going to get into it, but uh, when we get to the planet Reach, much of the planet is named after things. Um, you have Isengard, you have um, a couple of other names of uh, like Norse gods and everything. Like, it's it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you remember, Reach is where the Spartans were taken to train. So Mjolnir probably just fits in with the lore of the planet. Um, but um, the original iteration was not powered armor it was 
just super armor. It was super thick, super powerful. It did enhance them a little bit more, but uh, it wasn't exactly what Chief is using in um, the games, but even still expensive. It's more than a helmet, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. So the UNSC needed better troops, more troops, and cheaper troops. So the Spartan Three program was launched, but this time no stealing children. Instead, they would use orphans. <laughs> You've been waiting to um, use that. I do have to mention, so Spartan II uh, is the name of this program, and although it's going to kind of be referred to as the first Spartans, which they are, technically they follow a project called Project Orion, which are retroactively considered to be the first Spartans. Mm -hmm. Essentially, basically, you augmented humans, not like uh, Captain America style, but more to so in terms of survivability and stamina because you would slap them into a power exosuit that, if went wrong, could rip them apart. So, like, they had to be super performance in order to survive in the exosuit. The exosuit eventually became the Mjolnir armor, and the Orion uh, soldiers became, well, or were followed by Spartans. Huh. So if the numbering system seems off, that's, that's why. It does seem off. But also, geez, <laughs> don't yeah. put the baby in the tin can. So the idea was to use orphans uh, that were created through the Covenant War. So basically, they lost parents to the Covenant War. And they basically, the, you know, UNSC was basically like, hey, kid, you want to get back? You want to stick it to the alien man? You know. That sounds like Attack on they Titan. Get, they get a lot of willing participants. Uh, and also because apparently trauma makes you stronger. Apparently. But I've nonetheless, yeah. Nonetheless, the program uh, promised better results than Dr. Halsey's Spartans, who, if that doesn't imply she oversaw the creation she came up with the idea she's the reason we have to thank for the spartan program mm -hmm. or condemn for the spartan program depends on how you feel uh i'd say condemn that's a solid condemn for me doc so mostly the reason they promised to do so much better than the previous program was because it was led by james ackerson who was just a sort of political science rival of dr halsey and mm -hmm. so his priority was to benefit himself first and his career and benefit humanity second that's fair as any good scientist uh, they did have greater results, though, in the Spartan Three program. By 2536, 300 candidates were trained and augmented. Again, at, at most, there were 75 in the original batch, and only half survived. Here, we have 300 candidates, all of which survived the augmentation. This is also because the augmentation was a little less invasive. It did still, again, make them more powerful. Um, but if anything, was more like permanent steroids. Um, one benefit is it did not castrate them. Um, most Spartan twos were rendered inert by the, the programming. Um, not sure how down there connects to everywhere else, but just another reason why that's not a great program. Well, so there's like... not going to be any John Jr. running around in the Halo universe. Darn. <laughs> um, it's, I guess it's kind of like the Witcher program, program, the, the path. Yeah, you mentioned that last time. Because like... They were children who were either abandoned or children of surprise in one or two cases. Mm -hmm. um, that's why there's not very many witchers left. Mm -hmm. Because they either got killed off, but also because they can't make more witchers. Right. Well, if anything, I see that between the chemicals and the surgeries that they do, basically their body stops supporting that <laughs> equipment. And so therefore, it's just, it's not there. Mm -hmm. Like, their brain has been rewired to put every effort into everything else to make them super strong and powerful. That, like, literally their body cannot sustain sex life. Which, 
I mean, again, it's just one of those things where it's like not even simple satisfaction of a relationship yeah. is, is doable. Like, I have to say one really good book that explores this is in the Kilo 5 trilogy, which takes place after Halo 3. So it's really cool, interesting lore. If you've never gone beyond Halo 3 in terms of story, highly recommend it. Um, maybe we'll talk about it eventually. But uh, one, one of the um, leaders of uh, a big mission in that is a former Spartan 2. And stuff like that comes up. And it's just really interesting because I love exploring. You know, it's one thing to know what happened to them, but it's it's even more interesting to step in their shoes and, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of feel it even more because, like, it just really rein, uh, reinforces the trauma that they endured. There is no opportunity for a normal life. No, ever. Never. Like, it, like you either are a soldier forever or, I don't know, you're just nothing. What is this, a Gundam series? Yeah, it's, it's a struggle, bro. I mean, same thing happens to the super soldiers in Gundam, though. I'm not sorry. They either get like spoilers dead. They either get like multiple personality disorders. Yeah, actually. Or just naked on a spaceship for some reason. <laughs> uh, yeah. But hey, giant robot. Giant robot. Giant robot. So um, they were slightly smaller, um, but still like imagine just your average tall person. So, whereas Spartan 2s were, like, unnaturally tall afterwards, these were, like, passably tall people. So, like, going from Rhett, from Rhett Link to, like, I don't know, PewDiePie. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know how tall PewDiePie is. They might be the same height. Well, I mean, like, it's it's not a huge difference in some cases, but it's notice they're noticeably different, and it's just all down to the procedures that they endure but clearly mm -hmm. it was better because all 300 survived which is pretty cool there you go if you're short you'll live longer <laughs> there you go there you go i'm gonna live forever um and so the same year uh 2536 all 300 spartans of alpha company were deployed and killed of course immediately uh on their first mission so essentially what they did now to be fair they did not give them power armor they just basically made them super strong and powerful but then gave them regular armor and threw all of them at one very important mission because if you send spartans surely it'll get done here's the thing did they aim for the bushes <laughs> um i don't know what they did but um yeah not not a lot of good happened uh, but it's okay because beta company was uh begun in 2537 and deployed in 2545 and, and were killed. <laughs> <laughs> killed on their first mission, uh, all but two were killed. Two survived, uh, and the two survivors, Tom and Lucy, uh, assisted the Spartan Three trainer, who turns out was a Spartan Two, who was kidnapped by the UNSC on a mission in order to train Spartan Threes. So when they came up with this program, they were like, who should train them? And so they basically thought, who better than a Spartan? And just nabbed this dude on the road, worse than that, like on a mission, uh, and made him train all these kids and to his credit he was training them well it was how they were being used and deployed um you know i like kurt ambrose who is the spartan 2 that trains them is one of the coolest characters we get a lot of development from him and he's very interesting uh, also uh tom and lucy super interesting characters um i don't want it to seem like they're not doing a good job like it's just incredibly sad. It, when when you're looking at the Halo universe with as much loss and death as there is, you can almost want to say that no, somebody's messing up. But no, it's just sometimes it's really that bad and that hard to fight the Covenant. You got to think these are guys going with assault rifles 
after people with plasma weapons. Like, you've got uh, the Covenant who have personal shielding. They, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they yeah. have a lot of technological advances. These boys, they Ex have the shields. Yes, the um, uh, the Sangili, the elites. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a lot of reason why humanity sucks at this war. We were just not ready for it. Exactly. We weren't aliens. So um, Tom and Lucy help uh, Kurt train the next uh, batch, Gamma Company, um, who were, again, more successful. So all batches contained 300 troops. So every batch created, so we're up to 900 Spartans now. Um, but um, they were largely successful, uh, but they were also de deployed in more support positions um, than previously, mostly because of the Battle of Reach. It jump-started something that rather than needing all Spartans on one mission, they needed the Spartans spread out because the Covenant War was spreading. And so um, by the time of eh, around 2550, you have quite a few Spartan threes out there in the general uh, military population. So many of them are on bases or, or are squad leaders or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, again, not with Mjolnir armor. The, 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 the significant thing of the Spartan threes is m most of them don't get armor. They're just super enhanced arguably goes to show that a big part of the original Spartan II success is also that not only were they enhanced, but they were given very technologically advanced armor. Mm -hmm. it, it means certain things, you, like you can just jump out of a ship without a parachute and land okay. Like, you, even with enhancements, a Spartan III could not do that. They're still human and would die. But you put on the armor all of a sudden. I mean, it makes you Iron Man. Iron Man is a man, but because of the armor, can do unmanly things. Yeah. Um, it's, Underneath it's the, the armor, he's a billionaire billionaire playboy philanthropist. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that goes to show how the world outside of the main battle is expanding. There's more Spartans. They're clearly recognizing that the Spartans are doing something and we need more of them. Maybe not going about the best way of it, but they are trying to essentially create an army of super soldiers to be able to fight the Covenant because they're getting desperate. I mean, if you can deploy 300 men on a mission, uh, men and women on a mission, and none of them survive, it's kind of bleak. It's kind of bad. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I, th I don't necessarily think they were set up for success. No, it doesn't sound like it. So now um, we get to 2552 July. 27 years after the war began. So all of that recap can make it seem like things are just kind of happening and it's all cool and, and wonderful, but it's been a long time, essentially, since the events of the last episode where we discuss the the beginning of war. 27, 27 years later. How long do Spartans live? Don't know. No one's died yet? Well, I mean, naturally, no. <laughs> I mean, John's the John, John, Fred, Linda, and Kelly are the oldest surviving Spartans. The names sometimes they're just so like it's like when you give a cat the name like oh yeah that's Kyle mm. I, I love stuff like that because they don't like lean heavily into the sci-fi of it well I mean that's their names mm -hmm. that's the only thing they have is their names so jo exactly. John is John I mean that's the only thing of his past that he has all, like all they have of themselves is their names I was trying to make a funny goof, and then you made it sad. <laughs> so it seems generic, because it just kind of is. Um, but no, they're still alive around 
2558 is one of the last time points I think we have in the Halo lore. So they're still alive there, but they're also still active duty, um, which, uh, to be fair, so now this is 27 years after. Mm -hmm. Now, they were augmented in 2525 when war began at the age of 14. So that means that John and all the other Spartans would be 41 years old now. So, Happy birthday. Yeah, so by the events of the first game, um, they are 41 years old. Uh, all Spartan 2s. Um, by the time we're going into like Halo 5, Halo Infinite timeline, yeah, he's pushing 50, dog. And still active duty. Like, heavy active duty. It's insane. But that's the that's the benefits of the augmentation. We, we haven't seen yet um, long-term ailments caused mm -hmm. by it, but who knows? Who knows where we're going? I mean, he might have kidney stones. We don't know. So, 27 years later, uh, after war began, one of the greatest battles took place that nearly turned the point of the war. The Battle and Fall of Reach. Spoiler alert. So, that's how it ends. It didn't go well? It did not go well. Hmm. So, uh, I know what you're thinking. There's a game about that one. And there is. But um, the battle that took place uh, at Reach is far beyond what we see in arguably the best game. Um, and because of that, I wanted to run down the major events of both the game and arguably the best novel, um, and kind of reconcile them together for the full battle of Reach. Um, I, I recommend both. Um, now, I'm going to go ahead and spoil you and let you know that this is the only video game we're going to talk about right now. Um, right now? Yeah. So after this episode, we're breaking from Halo. So um, by the end of this, I'll have brought you into the opening scene of the first game. What could so we talk about next? If you I so wonder. choose... You can go from listening to these episodes into playing the first game and have all of the lore you never knew before and play a completely different game. Um, eventually, do want to talk about the, the video game lore themselves. And also, I want to talk about what happens after Halo 3 because it's some of my favorite freaking Halo lore. Mm -hmm. uh, and everybody craps on it and, and didn't acknowledge it. And that's why, oh, Halo 5, what? Where'd all this plot come from? Out of nowhere because y'all hated the fourth one. Wait, Halo Infinite, where'd all this lore come from? Out of nowhere because y'all hated the fifth one. Because people keep hating on the games, they keep changing, and they won't stick to any good concepts. And so my favorite character is unceremoniously dead, and I am not okay with it. How's that feel? Right? It sucks. Like... So, anyway, my feelings aside, we will eventually talk about more Halo lore, uh, especially if people like this. Uh, mm -hmm. There's been a few people that have reached out and said some things, and I really appreciate it, because we never know how it's going to go when we put this stuff out. So hearing that it's actually well received by even a few people is really awesome and, and inspiring and encouraging and everything so we're not stopping because people hate it um although nobody said they hate it but i could take over for halo for a very long time and we have plenty more we want to talk about so yeah of course yeah so next up after this will be um you having fun with uh something your favorite video game franchise actually so. my absolute favorite video game franchise yeah so uh, again, 2552, July, a small fleet appears uh, in the system around Reach uh, from the Covenant, which is the second most important planet in Halo universe. Think of it like Earth 2. So, much like the discovery of Harvest all those years ago, uh, it was after a luminary or forerunner ding-ding thing uh, said that told the Covenant where some interesting stuff was. Uh, that small fleet... Um, would very covertly begin exploring the system with small teams in an attempt to test the waters. 
Once they realized there were several humans on the planet Reach, the center of the, the system, they silently focused their attention on the planet. When a large area lost communication and surveillance, several Marines were sent to investigate. When the Marines went missing, it was then time to call Spartans. And so enter Spartan noble team. So they were led by Spartan three, Carter. Carter. They were uh, consisted of Spartan three, Cat. This is the Kitty Cats. Well, oh wait, this is the one with the metal arm. Yes, it is. It is the one. Yeah, she. That's the first time we really get to see a cool prosthetic uh, in use. We have Spartan three, Jun. Big boy with big gun. He's a thick one. Oh, just wait. Uh, we have Spartan 3, Anil. Oh my goodness. Edgelord. Edgelord, thick boy. You gotta boy. have the cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Spartan 2, George. So there was actually a Spartan 2 um, on this team, primarily made up of Spartan 3s, which was very interesting. Which one is Nathan Fillion? Uh, not in this one. Oh. Yeah, no, not yet. Um, now, oh, that's ODST, isn't it? Yes, it is. Good job. Uh -huh. So now there is another one, and that's the character you play in the video game, which is Spartan uh, Noble Six. He doesn't have a name because he's ambiguous. You're meant to be able to create your own character for the first time in Halo, and so your character is you. That's a really cool feature that they added in and everything. So Noble Team. Now you might be asking, wait, I thought you said that all the Spartan Threes were killed on their first missions. Yes, all that deployed. So covertly, there were some who were held back, ideal, and namely those. So, um, and some that were sent to Blood Gulch. Essentially, so um, Carter, Jun, Camille um, were all Alpha Company. So they were from the first batch of Spartan Threes. Cat was from the second company of Spartan Threes. Essentially, they outperformed their um, counterparts, and they were like, "Hey, these guys are too." too good to waste let's pull them out and use them for uh secret missions mm -hmm. so noble team is like this a-list team of spartans that are used when other teams fail and clearly they're spartan threes that have been given mjolnir armor to be able to be more effective um so basically they were like hey we can't give everybody armor but we can give the best of the best armor yeah and that's where these folks come from george though was just a spartan two who was um, put into the team, I assume, to balance it out in terms of having more combat experience than any of the others. But anyway, so that's your that's your team uh, for the Halo Reach game. And again, we're going to kind of cut between game lore and book lore, but it's all from the fall of Reach. So obviously upon investigation, the UNSC's initial assumption that insurrectionists or humans were the cause of the trouble, which is why Noble Team was on Reach in the first place, was to battle against insurrectionists. Uh, it proved to be wrong because they found out, nope, it's the Covenant. Uh, in the game, it doesn't do a great job of this, but this is a big deal because this is, again, like Earth 2. This is Homeworld. Mm -hmm. This would be the equivalent of, say we're um, at war with a country, and all of a sudden you find insurrectionists from that country in your city. Like, how? wait, how did they get here? Like, how did they get through the security measures? How did this happen? Like, this is red alert levels of stuff. They don't really linger on it much, but it's a huge deal. And so Noble Team assisted the initial resistance to the small fleet, uh, and with the sacrifice of George, the good boy, uh, they even took down one of the fleet's primary ships. It was a small victory, but it was short-lived, as, as a new fleet uh, appeared quickly behind them. It turns out that while the fleet that was being fought against currently did not report their findings, 
but they didn't have to because another fleet that appeared randomly, seemingly, uh, got there because they had data on the planet from a previous fleet battle. This is what instituted the thing called Cole Protocol. It's named after Preston J. Cole, one of the arguably most deified characters of the Halo lore, if you get into the books. He's basically the only human that's ever, like, just really stuck it to the Covenant. Um, he came up with battle plans and, and managed to take down fleets of ships and all. Like, he, he was amazing. Um, well, essentially, he proposed coming up with the idea of, hey... If they capture us and they take our intelligence, they could lead them back to Earth or any other planet we have. So, I say, when you see Covenant, you burn your files instantly. Like, don't even risk it. Mm -hmm. Basically destroy everything and fight. Now, if you win, you win. But if you lose, they don't get anything. And this is why that exists. is because now, here they are at Reach's doorstep because they found somebody's USB drive uh, with coordinates. And so... Um, this new fleet shows up and uh, now the war really starts to uh, get bigger. Um, and so the, the Cold Protocol is a huge deal in uh, Halo book lore and everything like that uh, for this very reason. Um, you know, you don't wipe your files, you're going to have a bad time. Gonna have a bad time. So now with John and the Spartan 2s, um, so, if you remember, there were 31 Spartans left alive after the initial augmentation. And they'd been doing their part in small battles with insurrectionists and eventually the Covenant. And in fact, it was because the Spartan twos, in including uh, John Kelly and Sam, fought against the Covenant that they actually captured some technology that allowed them to update the Mjolnir armor with energy shields. Basically, they um... captured a shield from the Jackals on a mission. We're like, hey, this makes a shield. How does that work? Let's figure it out and then use it. So the whole reason that Spartans get even more effective later on is because of Master Chief and his team. But anyway, so now was the time for the Spartans to take their biggest task yet. While Reach was under attack, the Office of Naval Intelligence, or ONI, uh, saw an opportunity. ONI's like the CIA or the FBI or the Men in Black. They're that they're they're their branch of government that is always and every time up to no good. Like, they're the ones that come up with the just bad... Like, they're the ones that come up with the child-stealing schemes and all this other stuff. So, while people are dying, they're basically like, you know what this is? This is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for us to rub our grubby little hands together and make some evil plans. Essentially. Um, so, Operation Red Flag. That's a red flag. This is... Uh, the operation is to capture a Covenant ship and return to Covenant home base with it and then set a nuke and destroy home base. So, essentially, Independence Day. Okay. I get it. I mean, kind of effective. That is effective. But, but like, which ship? Uh, well, that's the thing. So, uh, this is the secret black men in black bad stuff of the plan. The only way for it to work is you can't capture a Covenant ship so you just have to wait for one to show up. So basically they were they were wanting Reach to get attacked so that they could hijack a ship mid-battle because it wouldn't be able to get assisted because the battle's too chaotic. Like the whole scheme was to basically wait for an opportunity to then hijack them. That is stinky. Yeah. How it's dare crazy. you, FBI? So this was meant to be a Spartan only task um, and could have ended the war more quickly. 
could have. Could have. Uh, the battle around Reach had gotten so bad, actually, that the Spartans needed uh, were needed elsewhere. Most of the Spartans, led by John's best friend, Fred, went to the surface to defend the power stations of the orbital defense guns that were one of the only things protecting the planet so far. Mm -hmm. So basically, like we have the International Space Station, they have space stations that are just literally guns. We do too. His name is Captain Hatfield. <laughs> there you go. So the idea is like these are um, remote controlled guns essentially that help defend. I mean, it's like um, the Ultron thing where like you have all these suits of armor around the world just ready to protect. Yeah. Except just imagine they're like semi-truck sized guns. Imagine it didn't go badly. Right. So um, when the Covenant realized, hey, we can't invade fully as long as those guns are there, that's when they were like, okay, well, go to the planet, find the power source, and then just destroy it. So the Spartans were sent to protect that. Meanwhile, uh, John, Linda, and James were sent to enact cold protocol on a small craft that had fallen under Covenant attack. Because, again, they don't want the... the clearly, we're in the circumstance of worst-case scenario. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, they won't know what to do with it. They won't be able to... F I mean, now millions are dead because that happened. Um, so they're sent on a small mission to uh, go fix that. Now, based on the fact that we don't really see any other Spartans around for many of the other games, you can guess how that goes. So the 28 other Spartans sent to Reach have quite the battle, and even on the way down, several die before even reaching the objective. Um, but not all of them bite the bullet. If you've played Halo 5, then you know that Fred and Kelly make it out, which is nice. Um, but so do a few more, but that is a very different story hmm. um, that I won't get into here. So for now, you're just going to have to know some of them are running around out there, but how? I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about it later. So back with Chief, they manage to destroy the data, but James is lost in space, and Linda is injured but alive. With no time to get back and regroup with the other Spartans, John is sent to uh, carry out Operation Red Flag on the flagship Pillar of Autumn. So That's this, a dope name. Oh yeah, all the ship names are amazing in this. I prefer to call myself the Pillar of Autumn because <laughs> like, that's when Halloween happens. Right. So um, there, Linda was placed in stasis uh, for the time being to sustain her wounds. And meanwhile, John and the others uh, are left to wonder if anyone else survived the Battle of Reach. The day is now August 30th, and it's the final day of Reach. That's ominous. Yeah. So back with Noble Team, remember them. So they're, while all this other stuff's happening, Noble Team's kind of just helping out and doing their part on the ground and, and whatnot. Uh, but now they're given an even more important task. Man. To get Cortana to the Pillar of Autumn. Oh, no. Yeah. So Cortana, which, I mean... The very, babe of Halo. Very... Oh, yeah. I forgot. I have visual. Uh, very iconic, obviously. Girl. If you know Halo, you know Cortana, but... Um, this does not do her any favors. <laughs> there you go. For the sake of understanding, Cortana was fully debuted specifically for Operation Red Flag. See, yes. she was an incredibly intelligent AI that had been studying everything they knew about the Covenant till now in order to be able to operate the ship that they'd hijacked, as well as speak the language of the Covenant in order to get landing clearance. So essentially, she was the key to getting this mission done. Mm -hmm. uh, and before you think, well, if she's so smart, well, why didn't they just use AI like her to win the war? It's because she's unique. She's not like any other AI. See, AI are digitally constructed. Uh, I mean, most people now, 2020, you understand what an AI is. Think of Alexa and Siri. But your average mm -hmm. Halo AI is hyper-intelligent because I'm going to go ahead and tell you, the government has AI Yeah, I mean, currently. I have a Windows HP computer and it has Cortana on it. <laughs> yeah, 
So that that's how far we've come now. She she is the AI. She, she of, lives in of my computer. Microsoft. So um, AI is essentially hyper intelligent computer brain. Um, in the Halo lore, they're visualized by a hologram of a person uh, and everything. But so they're but all AI is made, all AI is built, uh, but not Cortana. No. Cortana is unique because she is created off of not a built brain, but a copy of a living brain, the brain of Catherine Halsey. She's not dead. Don't worry. Don't don't hold get all... on a minute. So you want to know everybody that has ever said that Catherine Halsey or uh, that uh, Cortana is hot? Guess what? That's just a young Catherine Halsey. She is hot. It's played by the same actress and everything in the in the games. It's the same voice actress for everything. I feel like this is a Glados Carolyn type reveal, mm -hmm. which you never played Portal, so you don't get it. Well, again, it's something you only get in the games, though. in the In the book, or uh, in the in the books, I'm sorry. Oh. In in the book, Fall of Reach is where it's explained how Cortana came to be, and it's also why Halsey is so protective of Cortana. That's it's fair. also why Cortana is latched on to John because Halsey is. Halsey comes at it from a very maternal point, but Cortana comes at it from a much more, you know, peer point. Yeah. Um, and, and so there's all of this built-in stuff. And, and that's the added benefit is she, Cortana comes with emotion and very human characteristics and everything. She cracks jokes. She's witty. She's not just smart and she doesn't just think fast, but she is, she's kind of human. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. In fact, I'd go so far as to say this is the closest that's ever come to composing. So if you remember, the didact took living cre living creations, mm -hmm. scanned them, and turned them into AIs. That's essentially what Halsey's done with her own brain. She cloned her brain, scanned it, and turned it into Cortana. Which, that begs the question, where did she get that, <laughs> that technology? Well, she's just freaking smart. But, that, but this is why humans are the actual rightful heir. Like, you see us, like, mimicking our creators throughout the lore of Halo. This is why, this is the evidence for why we are who we are. We are the rightful heirs to the mantle of responsibility, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So anyway, so uh, now, uh, okay, so now that's answered. Now that you know a little bit more about Cortana, uh, yeah. well, why wasn't she just with Cheek? Why is she just hanging out on Reach? In fact, if you've read the books and played the games, you'd have an even more interesting conundrum because you'd be asking, how is she in two places at once? <laughs> that's ominous, but that's basically what happens because the book came first. The book came not long after the first game. These books have been around for a very long time. Halo Reach came out, I want to say in 2010. Um, it just recently celebrated, I believe it's 10 year anniversary. Um, I could be wrong exactly on the year. I'm not that up and up on actual dates. Clearly I'm too busy thinking of fa uh, fictional dates, but um, yeah, the, the game came out after the fact. There's not a lot that disagrees with each other, but one of the things that kind of seemed as a hang-up is that, wait, Cortana's on the Pillar of Autumn, but here is Noble Team escorting her to the Pillar of Autumn. Mm -hmm. How does that happen? It's actually explained if you kind of pay attention, and that's not a jab, it's just, it's not entirely up front in your face with it, but they specifically mentioned in uh, Halo Reach that it is a fragment of the AI Cortana. Okay. So what happened, so again, Cortana's been studying the Covenant. The reason she's so important to this mission is because she has been studying the Covenant. She she understands them more than anything. She's been 
digesting all of this information. And one bit of information that she's been uh, really like obsessed with is this like code that came through in some other, like basically she's being fed mission intel. That's where all the information is coming from. Um, and she's just obsessed with cracking this code. What does this mean? What What is this? And um, so they have to get ready for Operation Red Flag, but uh, Halsey's like, no, I need Cortana to study more, basically, <laughs> like cram for the exam. She has, a, she has a geometry test. She needs to study. Right. So if you remember, mendicant bias could fracture as well. Basically, he imparts a part of his consciousness. Mm -hmm. Now that part can recombine with the whole. I mean, it's just what it is it's like dreaming it's it's it sets you off on another level but then eventually it kind of becomes one again so in order to both study and get the team ready she sends the ai cortana with chief onto the pillar of autumn but keeps the fragment to continue studying in her studying she finally does crack the code and finds that it's actually coordinates and it's something that's very important it's very highly talked about uh, amongst the covenants, which is why she was so obsessed. She's like, this has to be something big. If they are so obsessed with it, I have to figure it out. She figures it out. It's coordinates. I'll come back to that. So now Noble Team has been tasked with getting that fragment back to the whole so that she can be whole and have all the information. Because basically the AI Cortana on the ship is disconnected from the other, the fragment. Yes. So just because the fragment knows it doesn't mean the whole knows it. So they have to be reunited for her to have her whole information. Okay. So that is why she's in two places at once. That's why they have to get her back to the ship and all of that stuff. Um, and so, uh, and that also means that Dr. Halsey is still on reach. Um, she's escorted to some safety by Spartan 3 Jun, um, but eventually she's still on reach by the time Pillar of Autumn leaves. Much like the other Spartans that do they survive? How do they survive if they do? That's another story. So, but Noble, yeah, we'll get there eventually, maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Um, it's it's another one of my favorite stories. So, but no, um, turns out getting Cortana to the ship was not only the most difficult, but also the final mission of Noble Team. As one by one, the team members fall until only Noble Six remains. Although, again, Spartan Jun from Noble Team help Halsey get away so technically he's still alive and out there but he nobody liked him that's why he didn't that's why he was gone the yellow guy wins so um noble six manages to get cortana to the ship captain jacob keys he keys. then stayed uh behind to fend off the covenant while the pillar of autumn escaped and to commence its mission noble six fought well but eventually was overtaken and killed while the Pillar of Autumn escaped, Reach was glassed and destroyed as the Covenant took control of the battle. It was assumed that everyone left on the planet was gone. But, again, some Spartans, and maybe Dr. Halsey, do survive. If you've played some of the games, you know that that is true. But you might not know how. It's all in the books. Read the books? Um, or just wait until we talk about it. But read the books, it's better. Read the books. Um, so, uh, and... and, and Outright, I'm just going to say, uh, the only member of Noble Team to survive is Jun. I mean, that's just, we see that happen in the game. It definitely happens. You know, I'm not going to leave that open-ended. Why? Because there's nothing interesting that comes from that except one lore point, and I'm not going to talk about it right now. You know, I we really forgot to give a spoiler warning at the top of this episode. I, I assume people know by now that anything you, you listen to know. us talk about is, is, is spoiled. 
Yeah, this it's is, all spoiled. It's free game. I mean, we could put like a blaring alarm at the beginning, but that's too much editing. Yeah, I'm not doing Get it. Get spoiled, son. If you've gotten this far in, well, technically none of the games have been spoiled if you haven't played the games. Only thing, and again, I'm covering it very generalized. So you can still read the books and get so much more. There's so much I can't get into without, again, making this a Halo podcast. So now, finally, with everything in check and Cortana returned, the Pillar of Autumn launches to fill, fulfill the war-changing mission, Operation Red Flag. Except not. <laughs> uh, turns out, Cortana hijacked the slip space, which is the hyperspace of Halo universe, mm -hmm. um, and changed their trajectory. To the coordinates. To the coordinates that she deciphered. And guess what? It's a McDonald's. Yeah, what is she it? She just really wanted some sugar nuggets. What? Do you know what it is? It's the Ark. No. It is a Halo, though. Uh, it's... The Didact Planet. I don't know. Mm -mm. What no, it's, a, it's a Halo. It's a, it's a Halo. Like, like the actual. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's a Halo. It's just a straight-up Halo. Yeah. So, now is the opening scene of the first game. So, so it was a prequel, okay. Yeah, so if you if you play the first game, the game opens with you coming out of space and Jacob Key is asking, did we lose them? Where are we? Like, they literally just jumped from the Battle of Reach. But you don't know that by playing Until, the first game. yeah, okay. So that's what okay. I'm talking about. Literally the first game starts with a whole bit of information and history that's missing and that's what the books give you that's why i advocate for them so heavily and yes you can play the fall of reach game but you do not like you play that game but it's this it's really the story of noble team it's not the story of master chief you have to read the book to not only learn about his history and where he comes from where all the spartans come from like if it were not for the books you wouldn't even know that while you open in that game you know how you go in there and um like the the one of the opening parts is your master chief. You wake up from the cry, cryo tube and everything like that. There there's a point where you can um, go around and see another Spartan in a tube. You know who that is? That's Linda from the Battle of Reach, who was put in stasis. Like most people just play that game and think Master Chief's the only one, but literally in the lore on that ship is another Spartan. Okay. What happens to her in the first game? You don't know, because that ship gets blown up, by the way. Well, I, I'd assume that she gets blown up on the ship. Nope. Okay. How? Again, that's <laughs> more story. Yeah, like, there's so much. And, and this is what this is why I love Halo, is because there is so much. It's so big. It's so interesting. It's so cool. And much like Star Wars, where it's a, it's a universe and lore built on everything having an explanation, everything having a story, everything having an origin. I love that stuff, because... Like, the, the, the fact that the grunts breathe methane, like, that's unique to their species. The fact that, um, you know, the jackals are snipers because they don't, they're, they're frail and they don't trust themselves in physical battle, so they'd rather snipe people instead of fighting. That's fair. I the, mean... Like, all of that. For instance, did you know the Arbiter is in the first game? Arbiter? Yeah. Before he's the Arbiter, he's Fleet Master Thel Vatami, and he's in the game. In fact, you see him in the game. Like, stuff like that, where it's like all of these things and information that you don't get. And guess what? You can still have a good time with the game. Yeah. But there's so much more you can dig into with Halo, and that's the beauty of it. 
Um, even with what three episodes full of hour-long podcasts full of Halo lore, and there's still so much more, even just in these stories. Mm -hmm. So much here I have not gotten into, dude. Never mind the plethora of other books. There's actually about six books that all take place before the first game. That's a lot. It's a lot. And yet you can play the game and never need any of it. But you'll never play the same you'll never play the game the same once you have the lore. Once you know more to the story, once you have more context, once you have some gaps filled in, you'll never watch Halo or play it the same way ever again. It's super awesome. You know so. what else makes you never play Halo the same way again? What's that? Skulls. That is true. <laughs> I, I do. Uh, being a Halo fan, I hate Halo multiplayer. Uh, it's the reason I stayed away from multiplayer for so long. Um, I only play multiplayer when it comes to um, Battlefront now. Um, I just never was a big fan of Halo multiplayer. Um, yeah. And it's arguably the reason why multiplayer is so elitist nowadays, why we have esports. Like, Halo as games were revolutionary. Um, and, and that's the crazy thing, is it's successful in two major ways. It's successful as a major sci-fi brand, and it's successful as a major retail blockbusting game. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a twofer, and it's amazing that it accomplishes both so well. Yeah, I mean, it's weird to think that Halo did not invent the multiplayer genre, but it perfected oh, yeah. it. Halo it would, 3. We would not have what we have without it. We wouldn't have an entire company called Rooster Teeth. True, exactly. If it were not for Halo 3. Yep, and, and so, um, so yeah, like the, that was the whole point going into this, was we could just talk about Halo, and we could just discuss, oh, I like this, I like that, like, but I really wanted to dive the story because... I feel like so many people would not know it and don't yeah. know it. And I mean, if you don't read the books, at least you have me talking ridiculously about it. But I would hope people read the books. Um, I definitely recommend, and somebody asked me this on Twitter, what I recommend. Um, I recommend The Fall of Reach because it's the best Halo book. Yeah. It's the first Halo book and it's very well written and everything that connects to the games is there. If you love Halo as games and you want to read probably good to start with Fall of Reach because it directly impacts the games. Um, if you just want to read because you like reading, Contact Harvest is the my favorite, or not, not my favorite, the best book. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, I want to be clear on, like, in terms of the most well-written and the most interesting and the most almost unique, Contact Harvest. Mm -hmm. it, like, I can look at that and say that is a masterpiece of a book. In terms of favorites, though, Fall of Reach, it's not the best book, but I just really, really love it. Um, I have my original copy, even, and it's, like, falling apart and, and trashy and everything, because it came out in, like, 2002, but... That's the best kind of paperback, oh, yeah. honestly. It, it's been with me overseas. Uh, you know, it's it's traveled very well with me over many, many years, and I've read it about six times. Um, it's like my copy of The Outsiders. Yeah, I, being I just... Being held together, together with scotch tape. And... and you know, most of the Halo novels aren't hard reads. Um, again, the Forerunner Saga, hard read. Like That is deep sci-fi. I would look into it before committing to it, because it's a lot. Or or maybe check out even the audiobooks, because sometimes listening to process it is even better. Yeah. Because having to reread sometimes, like it's it's a hard one. I will I I've told myself I will never reread them. Um, not that they're not great stories. I it's just 
so much. It's brutal. Um, but otherwise, a lot of the books are really easy, flat reads. There's a lot, there's, I mean, there's several that are even just crime dramas. There's stuff where it's specifically focused on Oni and, you know, CIA stuff and, you know, all kinds of dark, dirty military secrets and all that. There's some that are just straight, no, we're fighting, we're, we're shooting a bunch of people, we're killing people. There's some that are seemingly sci-fi heavy as well, but not necessarily brutally sci-fi heavy. Like, there's... It's such a mixed bag that there's something in for everybody in every version of Halo, uh, whether it's just games or whether it's the story. Um, so, yeah, highly recommend it. And there's also a novelization of the first game. Unfortunately, 2 and 3 never got novelized. Uh, well, none of the other games got novelized, actually. Yeah. But uh, Halo The Flood is the novelization of the first game. So if anybody's wanting to just read and, like, oh, I don't game, but this is kind of interesting... I would check that out, maybe. Yeah. Also, the Master Chief Collection is available on Steam. Yep, and they just added Halo ODST, which is the second best Halo game out there. Nathan Fillion. So, I'm just going to go ahead and go on record. Yeah, <laughs> Nathan Fillion. I can't slam the table because that would hurt everybody's ears, but Nathan freaking Fillion is the best human on Earth, and we do not deserve him. We do not. He is amazing. I, I love that man to death, and he's so happy to be in Halo. Right. So happy he came back. He's like, so happy to be in everything oh he's gosh. in. It, he kills it every single time. He's amazing. He, he, like Halo, and that's what's so great about Halo, Halo ODST, and that's why he's such a perfect lead in that, that game. All the characters have that same chemistry of just being funny, believable, and just great. Yeah. Um, Even the idle dialogue. Yeah. Well, and fantastic. that's, that's what's, that's why Halo uh, 3 ODST is, to me, the second best great game, because... It has nothing to do with the Spartans and the stoic, you know, brutal, you know, tank people. It's real soldiers. It's also got the cutest characters because that's where we get introduced to the Huragok. Um, and, you know, you get the choice to either save them or kill them. And it's just wonderful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, best game Halo Reach, Halo 3 ODST, and Halo 4. And there's fanboys that are going to be mad at me because the original three aren't on my top three. Oh, trust me. In the next couple of episodes, I'm imagining that there's going to be fanboys angry at me too. Yeah, so no, fine. I mean, I love I love the first game and the third game. The second one's all right. But, I mean, overall, in terms of... Yeah. The, in the, that, but that's the thing to me. Halo is more than Master Chief. Mm -hmm. Halo is more than the Master Chief trilogy. Yeah. And that's really what it is. Is the Halo 1, 2, and 3 are just Chief's story. You've got Halo Reach has nothing to do with Chief. You've got ODST has nothing to do with Chief. And if anything, it's cleaning up his mess. You've got Halo 4, which is the best Chief game, because now he's an actual character. Like, oh. Yeah. And Halo 5's on the bottom, because, mm, sorry. <laughs> also, um, there's RPGs. Halo Wars. Halo Wars 2. Halo Wars 2 is one of the best non-regular Halo games out there. Like, that's the thing, is we've spent so much time talking about lore, we're just now getting into game stuff, but... Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And here's the thing, is I only know so much about Halo because of you. Because I hang out with you every day, almost all the time. Yeah, so you know and what you get for that? Good for you. Good for you. I put up with you. But, no, it's mutual putting up with. Um, yeah, I've, that's love. I've never played a Halo campaign. Mm -hmm. Like, I have started the first game, got stuck on the ramp thing, and just gave up. Yeah. Like... I, well, and that's the thing is, yeah. like, there's so many people that miss out on Halo because they see it as a game. I have and so it's much so trouble with first person. So much more. It's so much more. Yeah. Um, now, some people are like, "Well, it's a book. I don't read." You know, I'm like, 
okay, well, but it's you're missing out because it's yeah. really great. And I say that to Star Wars people all the time too. And so I'm like, you're missing out. Star Wars is great in the books. Yeah. Why don't you just go look at cave etchings and feel bad about yourself? Right. I only look at stuff with pictures. Um, no the picture so, books for Star Wars. That's true. Uh, thank you for everyone that's put up with, um, and thank you to the couple of people that uh, have joined specifically because we're talking about Halo. Um, again, that's just awesome and uh, much appreciated. Hopefully you enjoyed the series. Hopefully, if anything, it was just good listening. Um, I'm sure it was new to a lot of people, and for people that are very used to us having a very Star Wars-centric perspective, I'm sure it was different hearing us gush about other things and I know this was a different style, very narrative uh, rather than discussion-based, but yeah. I th overall, I'm, I think it was cool, and I am more than willing to do it again, but again, I don't want to take over with Halo. That's very easy to do, and so it's going to yeah. be shelved for a while, maybe uh, not again until next season, just because, again, so many other things we would love to talk about, and so... Um, stick with us. Um, we have exciting things. Did you want to talk about? Did you want to say what you're talking about next week for the people? I think the people who are watching the video are already know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Not only am I wearing a Legend of Zelda shirt, I also have a Triforce blanket right behind me. There you go. And you're also all the hints. The Master Sword and Shield behind me, and also the freaking Deku mask. Mm -hmm. And I, I have not been subtle. But people still were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's very funny. Yeah, so many people thought it was going to be um, Mario. Yeah. Um, Which you do love. I do love. Like, I'm replaying Mario Sunshine right now. Um, yeah, Legend of Zelda is my favorite video game series. Mm -hmm. I have favorite games within the franchise, but overall, I so freaking love Legend of Zelda. Mm -hmm. And I... I just I'm so excited to talk about it yeah because I've been doing nothing for the last few weeks but like just pouring over Hyrule Historia yeah. and well, Zelda Dungeon and just being like oh wow yeah now, now you see like uh, like it was really fun and cool and I enjoyed preparing for this because it was finally something to like I literally got to bask in something other than Star Wars for a little while which yeah it's not that Star Wars is always a hundred percent what we're watching or consuming but when you study something, there's such another level of affection for it. Yeah. And so to be able to spend so much time re go like re going over all of this stuff, like it really it really kind of lights a fire. It's really fun. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, um, thanks to patron Jim who recommended, hey, why don't you talk about video games you like? Yeah. Because that's kind of how this came about. Was you know, um, randomly it was just like, okay, well, if I had to talk about certain video games, I guess I could do Halo and. Obviously, your easy choice was yeah. um, Legends of Zelda, so it was just, yeah, it came about that. So thank you, Jim, for uh, that yeah. recommendation. We've enjoyed preparing for it. Yeah, and also, I'm going to disappoint or overjoy some people. Skyward Sword is arguably the most important game in the franchise. Yeah. It's the first game. It's the first game. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's not great. Spoonfuls. Uh, or what What was the... No, it was Spoonfuls. Yeah, Spoonfuls, yeah. So, Spoonfuls. Spoonfuls. Or Peter. For those of anyway. you who don't know, we watched through the Game Grumps. Yeah, because... Um, because don't I wasn't going to make you pimp. I wasn't going to make you play it. Well, we don't have a way to play it. We no. don't have a Wii. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Um, the way I have been 
introduced to Legend of Zelda games is through playthroughs of the games by the Game Grumps. And if anything, I think I enjoy the Game Grumps enjoying Legend of Zelda more than I think I would enjoy the games. Because when I played my one Zelda game, I hated it. Two. Well, yeah. You played two. I played the second one because the first one sucked. Breath of the Wild is not the best game. We, okay, we are going to have this conversation so many times in <laughs> yeah. the the next episode, the next next episode. Yes. Because, so. like, it's going to go lore-heavy, timeline, try and explain the timeline. Yeah. I will do my best. I get a break. You get yeah. to talk a lot. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, so you'll have to tune in uh, again next week for more Nerdyverse. Um, new topic, same show, same people. Yeah. Also, um, Breath of the Wild is fantastic. You're just not a Zelda player. It's a great game and concept, except, like, they ruin it. Like, they shoot themselves in the foot. I disagree. It's the worst Zelda game. I disagree. I will I will share my thoughts. I know you I will. will. You're currently sharing your thoughts. Oh, no. I'll break them down for why I'm right. I will tell all the ways why I'm right. Okay, and I will build a counter list <laughs> for why you're wrong. So, if you love Legend of Zelda, let us know. Oops. Uh, so... <laughs> No. Um, Aaron Hansen, help. Yet again, thank you guys for putting up with uh, the Halo dump and everything like that. Thank you to our patrons, Jug. Uh, Jug. <laughs> Thanks, I, com Jug. I combined two of our patrons. It's amazing. Uh, Doug, Jim, and Rebecca. That is um, a weird combo. <laughs> right? You guys are awesome. Thank you for your support. You can check out our Patreon page info below in the description yeah, of you paid for either this. the audio or the YouTube's. Um, but you can check it out and see what uh, supporting the show looks like. Again, now that we're putting more effort into YouTube, that means that we don't have uh, YouTube videos accruing ad money. So uh, patron support would be awesome. Um, but also, what's also awesome is just sharing it and letting people know you like it. That gets more listeners uh, and all that good stuff. And so, um, but thank you for however you consume this, whether it's in your ears, in your eyes, whatever. Uh, want you guys to... Be sure to go check out our friends at Red 5 Network. They're awesome people. Um, you can also check out Game Infinite. Um, both of them are very active and on Twitter, and you can find all the other links to them uh, through there. But they're awesome people who can fill your timeline with awesome stuff, and we are just glad to be friends with them. They're cool. Yeah. Um, also, I haven't been doing it. I'm going to say uh, me and a buddy have a side project podcast called Four Starters. Um, check it out. Yeah, our it's, friend Justice. It's short, it's short term. It's... Basically, we ask each other a question and then talk about it, and um, they're interesting questions, and that means we'd be interested what people have to say about it. So, for starters, you can find us at Four Starters Cast on Twitter. Um, haven't been plugging that, but eh, why not? Yeah, I also have a new podcast. It's me staring into a microphone for three hours and you reading my thoughts. That was a taste. That was good. That was good. Um, so, we will see you guys next time, um, and until next time... Um, Bye. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, this is, excuse me, a damn fine cup of coffee.